Hello, this is Diksha from Newslaundry.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Sunday, the 7th of February. A little over 12 and a half thousand fresh COVID-19 cases were registered in the country in the last 24 hours. The overall COVID tally now stands at 1.08 crore or 10.8 million. 78 deaths linked to the coronavirus were reported nationwide yesterday, which is the lowest in a day in the last nine months. This was the third time in a week that India recorded less than 100 deaths in a day. Under the nationwide vaccination drive in the country, more than 57 lakh health and frontline workers have been vaccinated against COVID-19 so far. The government said yesterday that the beneficiaries who received the first shot on January 16th will begin receiving the second dose of the vaccine from February 13th. Besides, Union Health Minister Harshwardhan said that India was working on seven more COVID vaccines to ensure that all citizens get vaccinated. Our story of the week this week is the farmers' protest. We shall come back to it later during the episode. A glacial outburst in Uttarakhand's Chamoni district today led to an avalanche and massive flooding along the Alaknanda and Dholi Ganga rivers. Nearly 150 people are missing so far, according to the reports, and three dead bodies have been fished out. Uttarakhand Chief Secretary Om Prakash told news agency ANI that around 100 to 150 people may have died. The flooding in two rivers damaged the Rishi Ganga power project. Officials told PTI that more than 150 labourers working at the power project are missing. Teams of the National Disaster Response Force and Indo-Tibetan Border Police have been deployed for rescue operations. What led to the flash floods is yet to be ascertained. The government said that it was the result of a glacier burst. But it's not yet clear if that was indeed the result. Prime Minister Narendra Modi and Home Minister Amit Shah said that they've spoken to the Uttarakhand Chief Minister Trivendra Singh Rawat in the wake of the disaster. They added that the situation is being monitored and an alert has been issued for all downstream districts. Dear listeners, please consider this a trigger warning as the following news story may contain graphic instances of violence. A 26-year-old Navy sailor sustained serious injuries from being set on fire by his kidnappers in Maharashtra's Palgar district this week. The sailor Suraj Kumar Dube died at a Mumbai hospital on Friday. The Palgar police said that Dube was set on fire by his attackers after they realized that they would not receive a ransom of Rs 10 lakh that they had demanded. Dube, who belonged to Jharkhand, had been posted at the INS Agrani Training Institute near Coimbatore in Tamil Nadu. He was allegedly kidnapped by three men at gunpoint outside the Chennai airport on January 30 when he was returning from a vacation. Dubey was held captive for three days in Chennai. Later, the kidnappers took him to Palghar. On Friday morning, the three men tied Dubey up and set him on fire in a jungle in Golwad, the police said. Palghar district police spokesperson Sachin Nawadkar said that Dubey was able to narrate his ordeal to the police before his death. The police have registered a murder case against the accused. The Chakka Jam or road blockade organized by farmers to protest against the center's farm laws and budgetary allocations yesterday remained largely peaceful. The police, however, detained protesters in some places, including nearly 50 of them in Delhi. Bharti Kisan Union General Secretary Sukhdev Singh said that the farmers blocked roads at 33 places across 15 districts of Punjab. In Haryana, farmers blocked the highway from Delhi at Kundli to Palwal. The Pathankot Jammu Highway was also blocked. In Rajasthan too, protesters came out in large numbers and blocked the national highway near Shah Jahanpur border. The protesters said that during the road blockades, emergency vehicles such as ambulances and school buses were allowed to move. Vehicles carrying essential supplies were allowed to pass as well. 
Despite the farmers clarifying that they would not enter Delhi yesterday, the city saw tightened security arrangements and heavy deployment of personnel. Drones were arranged for aerial surveillance and CCTV cameras were installed in sensitive areas. The Union Home Ministry also suspended internet services for 24 hours in the protest sites at Singhu, Tikri and Ghazipur and in adjoining areas. The ramped up security measures and the internet bans, however, are a part of a larger unprecedented clampdown by the authorities on the protesting farmers. The increased restrictions began to be put in place after incidents of violence took place at the Republic Day tractor rally organized by the farmers. On the 26th of January, orders of internet suspension were issued at Singhu, Ghazipur and Tikri borders of Delhi, the three most prominent protest sites of the farmers. On February 1st, the ban was extended till the night of February 2nd. Though the internet suspension at the borders was not officially extended further, services continued to remain erratic till today. The Ministry of Home Affairs had used the Telecom Services Public Emergency or Public Safety Rules 2017 of the Indian Telegraph Act 1885 to suspend the internet services at Singhu, Ghazipur and Tikri. The 2017 rules empower the Union Home Secretary to pass directions to suspend telecom services, including internet, in an area due to public emergency or public safety. In Haryana, the state government first ordered the suspension of mobile internet services in three districts on January 26th. On January 30, it extended the suspension to 17 districts. SMS services were also halted. The authorities claimed that the ban was imposed to prevent any disturbance of peace and public order. Though the communication blockade was eventually lifted in some districts, it was extended again in seven districts of the state on February 1st. The stringent measure of shutting down the internet in and around the epicenters of the farmers' protest drew international condemnation. Twitter was abuzz on 2nd of February after pop singer Rihanna tweeted about the farmers' protest. The singer had tweeted a CNN report on the internet shutdowns at the protest sites. After Rihanna, several foreign celebrities, including Greta Thunberg, extended their support to the farmers' movement. There was also outrage over the Narendra Modi government's handling of the crisis. In an unprecedented response, the centre condemned the criticism through an official statement. In its statement on February 3rd, the Ministry of External Affairs warned against what it called the temptation of sensationalist social media hashtags and comments about the government's new agricultural laws. The ministry said that the comments were neither accurate nor responsible. It added that a very small section of farmers in parts of India were participating in the protests. Incidentally, a section of the national media also played up a similar narrative, condemning the outpouring of international support for the protests. In this week's episode of TV Nuisance, News Laundry's Manisha Pandey analyzes how a section of television news channels questioned the tweets by Rihanna, Greta Thunberg and others in almost identical ways. Rajat Sharma of India TV saw an international conspiracy in the tweets, while Arnab Goswami of Republic TV asked if Rihanna knew the full form of MSP. What further united these television channels was the hashtag India Against Propaganda. To catch the full episode of this week's TV nuisance, head over to newslaundry.com or our YouTube channel after listening to this podcast. Apart from the official response of the government and the outrage on television, Twitter saw another counter-campaign by Indian celebrities such as actors Akshay Kumar and Kangana Ranaut and sportspersons such as Virat Kohli and Sachin Tendulkar. A study by an associate professor at the University of Michigan shows that a section of the Indian celebrities engaged in putting out similar tweets using two hashtags on Twitter on February 3rd. Incidentally, 
the two hashtags used by the Indian celebrities were the ones framed by the Union Ministry of External Affairs in response to the global criticism of the government's handling of the farmers' protests. Along with the identical hashtags and tweets, the celebrities also circulated the government's official statement. In another tweet on February 4th, Swedish climate campaigner Greta Thunberg had tweeted a link to an updated toolkit on the farmers' agitation. She said that the toolkit was created by the people on the ground engaged in the protests. A toolkit is a booklet or a document created to explain a cause or issue. Following Thunberg's tweet, the Delhi police lodged an FIR against the creators of the toolkit and claimed that it was pro-Khalistan. Pro-government social media handles also expressed outrage, claiming that the toolkit was evidence of a global conspiracy to attack India. The FIR included sections of sedition, promoting hatred amongst various communities on social, cultural or religious grounds, and criminal conspiracy of the Indian Penal Code. The police later clarified that the FIR did not name Thunberg. Besides, the Union External Affairs Minister S. Cheshankar said the toolkit Thunberg tweeted, expressing support for the farmers' agitation, has quote-unquote revealed a lot. Jayashankar also backed the Foreign Ministry's official statement countering the tweets related to the farmers' protest by Thunberg, Rihanna and other international personalities. In what was seen as another attempt to curb digital sources of information related to the farmers' agitation, Twitter on February 1 temporarily blocked the accounts tweeting about the farmers' protest, including those of Caravan magazine and farmer leaders based on a legal demand from the government. After getting widespread flag for the move, the social media platform reinstated the accounts later that night. This drew a sharp reaction from the Information Technology Ministry, which questioned why the accounts were restored. Amid the controversy, Twitter's public policy head for India, Mahima Kaul, quit her position at the company, citing personal reasons. According to a Hindustan Times report on Saturday, Kaul had stepped down in January, but would continue in her role till the end of March to help the company with the transition. In addition, Intensified restrictions on the ground included cutting of electricity and water supply at the protest sites and the removal of mobile toilets. The police also fortified barricades and dug up trenches to block access to the areas. After the events of 26 January, FIRs against various journalists were registered at multiple locations for allegedly misreporting the death of a youth during the tractor rally. Subsequently, freelance journalist and caravan contributor Mandeep Punia was arrested and allegedly beaten up by the police at the Singhu border. Another reporter, Dharminder Singh, was detained at the same site. Moreover, the entry of press was also reportedly restricted into the Singhu border site. These moves drew criticism from the media community at home and international activists alike. Dear listeners, speaking of the increased restrictions at the sites of the farmers' agitation, News Laundry reporter Anna Priyadarshini recently went to the Tikri border where water and electricity supplies were cut off besides the internet. In her in-depth report, farmers on the ground spoke to her about how they've been living without electricity and taking shifts to fetch water. They also spoke to her about how a section of the television media maligned their protests after the events of January 26th. To read the full report, head over to newslaundry.com. It is titled, Power and Water Supply Cut, But Farmers at Tikri Aren't Quitting. Listeners, while the farmers have expressed their discontent with a section of the national media and even boycotted it, they've opened their hearts out to news laundry reporters since the protests began. 
a consistent on-ground coverage of the farmers' agitation is proof of the integrity of independent media. We are a 100% ad-free news platform, but we can only continue to bring you voices and stories that matter if we have your support. So if you aren't a subscriber already, now is the perfect time to hit that subscribe button on the top right corner of newslaundry.com and support us. Lowest subscription starts at 300 rupees a month only. Now for some news from the world of arts and entertainment. Stand-up comedian Munawar Farooqui was released from a jail in Indore last night after a phone call from a Supreme Court judge. This came a day after he was granted interim bail by the Supreme Court. Earlier in the day, the prison authorities at Indore Jail had refused to release Farooqui. They said that they had not received any official order for his release. Indore Central Jail Superintendent Rajesh Bangre told the Indian Express, and I quote, We had earlier not received the order. However, a judge from the Supreme Court called up the Chief Judicial Magistrate of Indore and asked him to check the website for the uploaded orders, and in case it was already uploaded, to comply by it. We checked the site and it was uploaded and hence he was released at 11pm." Farooqi had been in jail since January 1st for allegedly insulting Hindu deities during a show, even though he had not performed at the show. He was granted bail on Friday by the Supreme Court, which observed that the accusations made against him in the FIR were vague. Earlier, the Madhya Pradesh High Court had denied Farooqi's bail three times, despite the lack of evidence against him. Farooqi's arrest had triggered outrage on social media. Dear listeners, the arrest of stand-up comedian Munawar Farooqi brings me to the recent developments in the country in relation to free speech. Be it the withholding of the Twitter accounts related to the farmer protests, the arrest warrant against journalist Paranjay Guha Thakurta for writing a piece on the Adani group, or the recent controversy on the Amazon Prime video web series Tandav. All of these incidents boil down to the question of freedom of speech. In her recent opinion piece on newslaundry.com, Kalpana Sharma discusses the state of freedom of speech in the country. Her piece is titled, Freedom of Speech in India is Slipping Down a Slippery Slope. And now for some international news. In Myanmar, thousands of people took to the streets today to denounce last week's coup and demand the release of elected leader Aung San Suu Kyi. This is being seen as the biggest protest since 2007 Saffron Revolution that helped lead to democratic reforms in the country. On the second day of the widespread protests, crowds in the country's biggest city, Yangon, sported red t-shirts, red flags and red balloons. Red is the color of Suu Kyi's party, National League for Democracy. Her party won the national elections in 2020 in a landslide, but the result was rejected by the military. This afternoon, the junta or military leaders ended a day-long blockade of the internet that had amplified the people's resistance to the coup. In another incident of mass mobilization, protests erupted at a lakeside resort in southern Chile after a policeman shot and killed a street performer in a village. Reuters reported that the incident prompted President Sebastian Pinera's government to call an emergency meeting on Saturday. Arsonists attacked several public buildings in Pangipuli late on Friday, including the municipal headquarters. Protesters also set burning barricades and threw rocks at the police station, according to official media reports. The Chilean police have detained the officer involved in the shooting and the investigation in the matter is underway. Now for a brief update on global COVID numbers, more than 105 million people around the world have been infected by COVID-19 so far. Over 2.3 million people have succumbed to the pandemic since it began, while more than 58.9 million people have recovered. 
that's all for today have a great day or a good night depending on wherever you're listening from see you tomorrow all the news laundry podcasts are available on stitcher itunes and any other podcast platform please subscribe to news laundry help us keep news independent to catch all our podcasts on news pop culture current affairs and sport visit newslaundry.com follow us on facebook twitter and instagram and subscribe to our youtube channel